recording. Chapter 15. It'd been several months since Tony's rescue from the safari park, and now he and Miranda were well and truly a part of the Bold family. One day, Miranda, just like the twins, would make her own way in the world, but for now they were all happier than ever, big. The snow that year fell thick and fast, and all Christmas Eve, and the Bolds awoke to see a magical wonderland outside. Father Christmas had not left their presents unwrapped under the tree as usual, but instead he had buried them in the garden. So before breakfast, all the Bolds went outside in their pyjamas for a glorious dig. Nigel McNumpty saw this from his window, of course, but he didn't mind what the Bolds did anymore. In fact, he quite fancied having a dig himself. After much frantic excavation, all of the presents were found. Tony had a pair of nice warm mittens. Miranda had a skipping rope. The twins had roller skates. And Mr. and Mrs. Bold shared a big glossy book about Africa, which included lots of photographs of places and animals they loved. Christmas was Mr. Bold's favourite time of year. The Christmas tree was glittered with fairy lights. The house was decked out with garlands and holly and babbles. And the table was laid properly with napkins, candles and, of course, Christmas crackers. Because the best part of Christmas, in Mr. Bold's opinion, was that he could tell Christmas cracker jokes all day long. Knock, knock. Who's there? Snow. Snow who? Snow good. I've forgotten my name again. What a brown and creep round the house. Mince spies. Then, a little later, Minnie and Nigel and McNumpty arrived and they all sat round the kitchen table, tucking into their lunch. Very tasty, said Nigel, rubbing his tummy. Hadn't had such a slap-up lunch in years. Mum made you a cake once, but you slammed the door in her face, said Bobby. Now then, cautioned Mrs. Bold, that's all in the past. No, you're right, said Nigel. I behaved terribly. I know, I must say sorry. Apology accepted, said Mr. Bold, passing the box of chocolates to their guest. Fancy another? Nigel popped a soft centre in his mouth. Mind you, said Mr. Bold, I thought you were going to punch me on the nose over that incident with the bucket. When was that? asked Betty. You know, said Minnie helpfully. Mr. McNumpty was up the ladder and dropped his bucket. It was the day I saw your tail and found out you were all hyenas. Then realising what she'd said, she stopped and covered her mouth with her hand, but it was too late. There was a terrible silence and Minnie mouthed the word, Sorry, to Betty. No one knew what to say, and for once, not a single hyena felt like laughing. They all stared at Nigel and eventually he spoke. I know... He said simply, deep down, I've always known you're a hyenas. Mrs. Bold mouth dropped open and everyone looked at Nigel in horrific, uh, horrified surprise. But you, how? Mr. Bold tried his best to form a sentence. I met the original Fred and Amelia before they went on honeymoon, Nigel explained. I didn't actually speak to them, didn't speak to anyone in those days. But then when they, or rather you, came back, I knew something wasn't right. Took me a while to work it out. Hyenas, eh? He looked round the table. Apart from you, Minnie and Miranda. Monkey, monkey, said Miranda. Yes, I figured as much. So why didn't you tell on us? asked Bobby. You won't tell, will you? asked Betty fearfully. Nigel shook his head and looked at Betty kindly. No, I shan't be telling anyone. But I don't understand, muttered Mrs. Bold. I know you like us now. Since Tony saved you from that gang and you made friends, she looked affectionately at Tony, who was following the conversation with rapt attention. But before... Why didn't you tell anyone before? You used to hate us, said Bobby helpfully. Nigel smiled. I know, I know. But you see, we all have our secrets, and I was terrified you'd discover mine. That is why I was so nasty. I wanted to make sure you stayed away. 
Oh dear, said Mr. Bold. This is all such a lot to take in. Can I tell another joke? Not now, dear, said Mrs. Bold. So what's your secret then? asked Bobby. Well, I've never told anyone, said Nigel, wiping his forehead with his large hand. You know our secret, Bobby said encouragingly. We are hyenas. Yes, you are. And very nice hyenas you are too. And more to the point, I trust you, all of you. He took a deep breath. I am not really Nigel McNumpty, the miserable old man from next door. In fact, I'm not a man at all. I am, he paused as if unable to say the words. Well, asked Bobby, I am an animal too, a grizzly bear. <laughs> there was a collective gasp from everyone. Grizzly bear, said Mr. Bold, impressed. I didn't see that coming. And neither did I, if I'm honest, and I don't suppose you did either. Even the cleverest amongst you, this story just gets better and better. How cool, said Betty, taking a supremacist look at Mr. McNumpty's surprisingly long nails. What do you call a bear with no shoes on? Not now, said Mrs. Bold. Barefoot. How, how come, asked Minnie, ignoring the joke. Where are you from? I was born in Alaska many, many years ago. I am indeed old. That bit about Mr. McDumpty is true. When I was born, I was truly wild and free. But when I was still a small cub, my mother was killed by some fur hunters and I was taken in captivity. Oh no, said Betty, a paw to her mouth. Miranda whimpered and ran onto Tony's lap. Shh, said Mrs. Bold. Let Nigel continue. Mr. McNumpty smiled sadly, then carried on with his story. From there, I was bought and sold a few times until I was struck lucky. I ended up as the prized pet of a rich, somewhat eccentric Arabian prince. I was more than a pet. I was his constant companion, his best friend. I learned how to speak in several languages and how to conduct myself in social circles. I whined and dined with the head of state. I played poker. I dated some of the most beautiful women in the world. Joan Collins and I once spent the weekend together in a luxury spa hotel. Happy days. She inspired wistfully at memory. And when... We were travelling around the first class. I lived in some style in the prince's palace. I wore a gold and diamond encrusted collar and slept in a marble floor den with my own servants on four-poster bed under Harrod's duvet. Wow, get you, said Betty. The prince and I were inseparable. We flew all over the world, summer season in St. Tropez, skiing in Aspen, Hollywood parties, Ascot, the Oscars. Red carpets, Minnie squeaked, and Mr. McNulty nodded at her. Yes, all right, we get the idea, interrupted Mr. Bold. Why do bears wear fur coats? Because we look silly in our rocks. Stop it with the jokes for just a minute, Dad, pleaded Body. I want to know what happened next. Oops, pardon me, said Mr. Bold, trying to look serious, which was impossible. Yes, I want to know too, said Betty. How come you ended up in a semi-detached house in Tennington? Well, said Nigel, looking a little sad, the prince simply tired of me. Got a new plaything, a leggy brunette, ostrich, I think she was, a flighty thing, she had very seductive eyes, and I was surplus to requirements. So why didn't he just send you back to Alaska? asked Minnie reasonably. I knew too much, answered Nigel, lowering his voice, all of his secrets. And to answer your question about how I ended up here, I really don't know the answer. One minute I was eating smoked salmon by the pool in Hotel de Paros in Monte Carlo, and the next thing I knew I woke up here feeling decidedly woozy and alone. I thought the salmon tasted odd. I think I might have been drugged. Here I found a wardrobe full of cheap clothing in my size and details of a bank account in my name. I receive a monthly allowance from the prince. He is a generous man, so this became my life. I tried to keep myself to myself ever since a question of survival. Gosh, 
said Mrs. Bold after a respectful silence. That was quite a story. No wonder you were miserable. But I think, I hope, said Nigel, that we can put all that behind us. The past is done with. What matters is that we all are here, living happily next door to each other. How do we get here? Isn't important, surely. You're quite right, agreed Mrs. Bold, reaching for the cheese board. May I now? asked Mr. Bold, who had been fidgeting throughout Mr. McNumpty's story. It is Christmas Day after all. Yes, dear, you may tell us a joke, said Mrs. Bold. Why are, bra- why are bears large, brown and hairy? Because, answered Mr. McNumpty with a sigh, if we were small, white and smooth, we'd be eggs. You seem to have heard all the bear jokes before, said Mr. Bold, somewhat crustfallen. Oh yes, heard them all many times, confirmed Mr. McNumpty, when I was with the prince. Just then there was a loud crack and everyone turned to look at Tony, who looked astonished amusement on his face. He was holding in each paw the two ends of a Christmas cracker. Don't worry, Tony, said Betty, who was sitting next to him. They're meant to be make that noise. It's all part of the fun. And she gave poor Tony a reassuring scratch behind his ears. Mr. Bold picked up the small folded piece of paper that had fallen onto Tony's plate as Tony sniffed one half of the cracker tentatively for a moment and then swallowed it all in one gulp. What do you get when you eat a Christmas cracker? Red Fred, everyone thought for a moment. Tinselitis, answered Tony, bits of chewed up gold paper falling out of his mouth. Tony speaks, squealed Miranda excitedly. She was sitting on the windowsill eating some nuts. And what's more, he made a joke, said Mr. Bold. Hooray! Merry Christmas to all hyenas everywhere. Everyone cheered and laughed till they thought that they would burst. And beneath fairy cheeks, Tony blushed with pride. Happy Christmas, he said loudly. Happy Christmas, everyone. And that is where we all shall leave them. Pulling crackers, telling jokes, laughing. I told you a particular beginning that it was a funny, peculiar story, didn't I? Well, I hope you've enjoyed it. Now, all you need to remember is that it's true. Every word. I never tell lies.